Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I felt impressed to go back and actually talk more, or basically talk again about the same thing I talked about two months ago, about faithfulness. Um... You know, sometimes I'm not sure exactly why the Lord wants us to do things the way we do them, but, but let's endeavor to obey the Spirit of God. Go with me over to Matthew chapter 25. And I've got uh, several things, kind of notes, things jotted down here or there, so I trust you're believing God with me that we'll get what uh, the Lord would have us to, to say tonight. But in Matthew 25, uh, the 14th verse. Like I said, this was a message I did a couple months ago, and the uh, pastor asked me last week to minister, and right away I knew I needed to go back to this. And and um, pastor had been talking about finding your place, and, and aren't you glad to know that you have a place? Every person has a place in the body of Christ. Every person, ha- more importantly, has a place in this local body. You have a place, a role, a job that is custom-made, custom-designed just for you. In fact, you know, trying to find your place or your fulfillment in anywhere other than what he has designed for you, you're just, it's just not going to happen. You'll fail miserably. You'll always be looking for something else. You know, there's a lot of miserable people out there because uh, they're, trying, they're looking for love. They're looking for fulfillment all in the wrong places, you know. And, uh, but there's a place, a, a God-designed destiny for our time that's, that we're here, uh, that we're to fulfill roles that we're fulfilled. You know, and it's really not up for our our discussion. It's really not up for our, uh, our debating with the Lord. If we want his best, we just have to simply choose to obey. And no matter what it looks like, just obey what he asks us to do. So we all have a place, and Pastor was teaching along those lines, and if you didn't hear it, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. And they were out of town, and so I, I spoke that Sunday morning. He's had a few things in my heart along the same topic. And then that night, I talked about faithful in your place. And I just want to look at this scripture, Matthew 25, in the 14th verse, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another, he, and to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. When I read this today, that, that little phrase stood out to me. To each according to his own ability. You know, we're all in different places, and, and it's not a, it's not a ma- matter, a matter of worth or value. You know, we, pastor this morning was talking about, um, uh, value and worth and how precious people are. Wasn't that a powerful illustration when he talked about, uh, uh, the universe and, and, and how big it is, how massive it is. And, and, and of course you were saying we've seen 300 billion light or 30 billion light years away. That's as far as we've seen, uh, that's as far as human telescopes or cameras or whatever have been able to see. We don't know how far it goes. It might go 300 billion or more. Who knows? Uh, but when you get an idea of how precious people are, uh, that like Pastor said this morning, that he would send his son to this little rock in the middle of all of that vastness and not just send him here, but actually send him here and looking like one of us came into the world like one of us, lived a life like one of us. I mean, when the scripture says that he was tempted in all ways, like us, yet without sin, he literally faced everything that is common to the human race. 
And it really goes to show you, it gives us a glimpse, we will never really probably understand how important uh, we are to him. And, uh, and I'm sure the angels and other creations, they don't get it because they see the, the nonsense that goes on and, and, and the nonsense in my life and your life. And they wonder, well, what in the world could he possibly see in them? Uh, but God has chosen to love us. But it says here that it's, uh, one was given five to another two to another one to each according to his own ability. You know, the plans, the callings of God and the gifts and talents, the, the things that he entrusts to us isn't a, an indication of value. His blood is an indication of value. His blood is an indication of, how, of our value, what we're worth, how he sees us. But there are different abilities and, and different things that each one pertains to different graces people have on their lives. And so he gave them to, to uh, you know, these gifts to them, these talents, and based upon their own ability. I just say all that to say, you know, don't, don't judge yourself against other people. Don't, don't compare yourself to others. That's a dangerous game to play. But it says, according to each of his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Verse 16, then he, had, then he who had received the five talents went and traded w- with them. And made another five talents, and likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it, dug in the ground and, and, lay, and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Obviously, we can see the connection here uh, uh, the, for our time and our lives. There have been things deposited in our life. Uh, talents, gifts, these things placed in our life that the Lord has given to us to steward. And uh, he went, he's gone away for a while. But he is coming back again, amen? So verse 20, when he received the five talents, uh, came and uh, received the five talents, came and brought the five, brought another talent, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. No matter what uh, he entrusts to us according to our ability, they're all a few things. So no one should get a big head. It's, they're all a few things. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. Verse 23, the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I know that you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and hid and, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, or there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you need, know that I reap, or you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather, and you, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought have to have deposited my money in, with the bankers and in my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So he took the talent from him and gave it to him who had ten talents. So everyone who has will be given more, and he who has an abundance from him, uh, and he who he will have an abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And he casts in profitable servant into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so we read this passage, and... and uh, this phrase, well done, good and faithful servant, is the thing that we want to hear. And this is something, you know, you've heard me talk about a lot. You've heard pastor talk about a lot. This is the goal. Uh, uh, well, first of all, is making heaven, having our name written in the book of life, but having the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. 
And none of us want to hear the other. We don't want to hear, depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant. We want to hear the good, well done, good and faithful servant. And so, like I said, I was talking about the subject of faithfulness uh, that night. I had a couple things that are, are standing out to me. And this may not uh, take a long time tonight, but I just want to say faithfulness is not a common thing. In our generation and really in, in the human race, faithfulness is not a common commodity. I mean, we can look around in our culture, look around at what's going around. Faithfulness is, is not uh, something you find everywhere. And, uh, you know, um, you know, Proverbs talks about a faithful man. You know, who can find a faithful man? It's not a common thing, but it, it is a God-given trait. It is a god uh, uh, endorsed trait. It's something that God values very much is the, is the, is the, the trait of faithfulness. And although it's not faithful, it's not common. It is something that is common to us as believers. Faithfulness should be common to you and I, it shouldn't be an uncommon. That'll be something that marks us as believers as we're a faithful people. And, um, one of the things that, that has kind of stood out to me that, that, uh, I believe, uh, I believe the Lord just wants us to look at tonight. And, and the reason why I believe this is the case is because this is such an important thing. When we stand before the Lord, there are many things he's going to judge, but faithfulness is going to be at the top of the list. And a lot of times people have the wrong idea of what faithfulness, what faithfulness is. They think what is faithfulness, they attribute other things to faithfulness. And other things are important, but faithfulness holds such a unique place in our life that we must strive to be proven, found faithful, found and proven faithful in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 7, you can turn there. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7. It's a scripture that, uh, that many of you know and you've heard before. Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, Therefore know the Lord your God, he is God. Notice this is, this is what the writer, this is what the Spirit of God instructed him to write to describe God. He said, he is what? The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations for those who love him and keep his commandments. Something that I said the last time we were here and I just, I just can't get away from is faithfulness is not diligence. Faithfulness and diligence are two different things. Uh, obviously, faithfulness uh, includes diligence. Uh, you can't be faithful if you don't have diligence. If you're not diligent, you can't be faithful. But you can be diligent and not be faithful. And I think these things are important to make sure we recognize because a lot of times uh, people can determine, can do things for a long period of time. They can be diligent to stick with something, to stay with something, and to do something for a long time. And that's a good thing. We must have that. Remember in Second Peter, he talked about adding, with all diligence, he said, add these things. But he was, diligence is, is, a, is an important part of our walk, an important part of our life, something that we have to develop and maintain. But a lot of times I think people fall into a place where they're very diligent in areas, but they're, they're, they don't add the faithfulness that they, they should and that they need to. People say, well, some would say, well, what's the difference? Faithfulness or diligence is just a continued nature, something you do over and over and over, and it's important. Like I said before, you can be diligent and not be faithful, but you, you can't be faithful and not be diligent. Faithfulness is an attitude. Faithfulness is a heart quality 
uh, that goes by. Someone can do a certain thing but have the wrong attitude and be diligent yet not be faithful. I would describe our, the enemy, our adversary, as being very diligent. When you describe him, he's, he's extremely diligent. He's probably the most diligent individual we've, outside of God that we have contacted in, in this life. He is very diligent. But he's not the least bit faithful. He's not, a, he's not faithful at all. And his extreme diligence does him no good. His extreme diligence doesn't, pay, doesn't win him any favors. His extreme diligence to just stay with it I mean, think about the devil. He's, he knows exactly what's happened. He knows exactly the fact that it's not going to change. He, know, he, he, he knows it better than anybody else, yet he persists to do all the things that he does. He persists to antagonize the sons and the daughters of God. He, and he continues to bring accusation. He continues to do things to hurt our father. He is as diligent as they come. But you know, that's not going to get him one single brownie point in the end. That's not going to earn him a single favor. It's not going to get him a day out of hell, like a vacation day. He's not going to earn any, any you know, uh, comp time for, for being, well, at least you're really diligent. He's not going to get any of those things. You know, in battle, they've had different times, battles that have gone on, different military, and there's, they, they've had a, a mutual respect because at least they were, they were diligent to, to, to have a good opposition. Even militaries, that when they fought each other, one would fall, they would at least recognize the fact that they fought hard. They were, they were diligent. The devil's not going to get that. God doesn't honor that alone. Diligence by itself doesn't do anything. There must be something else attached to it, and that is the subject or the issue of faithfulness. Faithfulness is a matter of the heart. It's such an important thing. It involves attitude. Go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, 1 Corinthians the ninth chapter. Like I said, these are things that I know we talked about, but like I said, I felt like we need to go back and look at them again. And there's two specific areas that I want to I wanna address. And this is this, the one here that diligence is not faithfulness. They're two different things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in the 16th verse, it says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity, it was laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Really, that ought to be how we approach and we, we, we live our lives with the things that the Lord has laid on us and asked us to do, the, the talents that have been trusted with us, the gifts, the callings of God that have been entrusted to us. You know, we shouldn't look at it, you know, as something, oh, look at me, look what I get to do. It, it, we, should, we should view it, and that's an honor. To serve God. Anything he asks us to do is an honor. And I believe the greatest honors in life will come in, in eternity to be what he asks us to do then. I do believe that. We'll all want as much responsibility and opportunity as we can possibly have. But we don't approach it now from the standpoint of, you know, oh, I, oh look at me, I get to do something. We have to approach it from the standpoint of necessity says I do this. In, in our lives, we have to have this view that it is absolutely imperative that we obey and do what the Lord has laid on our heart and what he's asked us to do. There's nothing more important. Gaining wealth, gaining, gaining popularity, gaining people's approval, none of that matters outside of being obedient to do what the Lord has asked you to do. And in fact, with Paul, this thing that was asked upon him ended up resulting in him being martyred. And he knew what he would, it would cost him. I believe Paul knew at a, at a very early point that this would eventually cost him his life. And in fact, when you read his writings, when he was writing Timothy, I've been doing a lot of studying in First and Second Timothy, and it's an, a, it's an, a, it's an amazing 
just perspective that, uh, that Paul had when he was writing these and that Timothy had. It's just an amazing perspective. In the early, you know, in 1 Timothy, Paul was writing him to encourage Timothy to, 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 to you know, not let people look down on his youth and, and, and to, to, how to, how to pastor, how to do the job, the, the position he had been placed in. It was really encouraging Timothy to step up to the plate because it was a daunting job. It was a daunting task that was in front of him. And, and the church was growing and there was, there was things were happening. It was the happening place to be, you know. And then Second Timothy rolls around and he writes it and, it, and it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother attitude. If you read the two books, it's got a totally different feel to it. It's got a totally different anointing on it. I mean, it's just very different. The days have changed. And it's not this exciting work, you know, that Timothy has, has got to step up to. Now it's become something that it's, it's not easy anymore. And, 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 and there are, there's dark days that are, that are approaching and things weren't going real well. And, you know, Timothy was at a place where he, he was, you know, people were turning their backs on him. And, and I mean, the amount of persecution they were receiving at the time was, we, we have no idea what that was. We really can't even relate to the persecution they were experiencing. You know, we, we get bothered when people write a bad post about us, you know, or, or, or they, or they, they give us a, an angry face on Facebook instead of a thumbs up. You know, we, oh man, that hurt me. I mean, the, these folks, they were in fear of their lives, and it wasn't just a threat. People were actively being martyred and things were, I mean, actively being fed to, to lions and beasts and all burned alive. And all of these things were happening. And, and everybody around Timothy, he was, he was the hot topic just a little while ago. And everybody wanted to be around Timothy. And the church was just, things were amazing. And now people are running from him and people are not wanting anything to do with him and, and wanting to, to get away from Timothy. And so Paul was writing to encourage him, but Paul wrote 2 Timothy from a prison cell. Now, he'd been locked up before, but he was getting out those other times. When he wrote this one, his his days were drawing to an ear, and he knew this was happening. But he had such drive to do what the Lord had asked him to do. Even though he was facing, he knew what he was facing. When I was in Rome, you know, uh, last year, I actually went to the place where, where they had Paul's final cell is where he was in prison, right there, you know, overlooking the, uh, you know, the, 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 col- or the, the, not the Colosseum, well, he could see the Colosseum, but what's that area? Uh, the center, center area. I was there. You think I would remember the name. Anyway, uh, uh, the forum. He was right there overlooking the forum, you know. So Paul's writing this letter, but Paul's days were coming to an end, and he was about to be martyred, and he knew it. He knew what was coming. And he was just, he was so excited about the plan of God. He was so excited about fulfilling God's will for his life. We need to have that. Are you that passionate about doing what God's called you to do? And we have to really analyze and evaluate our lives. How passionate are we about accomplishing God's will? How passionate are we about stewarding the things he's placed in our life? How driven are we to do this? Will we, will, we, will, we, will we step out when he tells us to step out, when we don't know how it's going to end? Will we open our mouths when we don't know what we're going to say, but we know he's telling us to say something? Remember Jesus sent the disciples out and he said, you know, go out. He said, I'll, he said, I'll give you the words to say that you'll, you'll know what to say, but just go. Just go expecting. Well, what if the Lord tells you to do something and you don't know what that is? How passionate are you about obeying God? How passionate are you about being faithful to the call, being faithful to the commission he's given you? Because if you're not faithful now, you, when the opportunity comes, you won't, you won't follow through. Because the, 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 here's the thing, diligence will only take you so far, but when you hit ultimate opposition, faithfulness was, is what gets you over. 
Diligence is great. It'll take you a long way, but you'll come to a place where diligence won't be enough. And you need something else. You'll need faithfulness to get through it. And it is, it is a, it is a, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's an attitude. It's, it's an issue of the heart. He said, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Verse 17, for if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. Notice he said, if I do this willingly, I have a reward. And I, I, sometimes I feel like a broken record. We have a reward that's waiting for us. We have a reward that is waiting for us. There is no reward for diligence alone, but there is a reward for faithfulness. He didn't say, if I do it, I have a reward. He said, if I do it, what did he say? If I do it willingly, if I'm, if I'm faithful, if my heart is right, I have a reward. If our attitude is selfish, then we, then we are selfless, then we have a reward. If our attitude is selfish, we don't have a reward. Selfish says, or selfless says, what a privilege to serve others with my gifts, talents, and abilities, graces. Selfish says, what can I gain from this? And then you, when you start asking those questions, then you start weighing, is it worth it? Selfless says, I'll do my best no matter what I get in return. Selfish says, why should I do a, a, a thorough job when there's not much in it for me? Faithfulness is an issue of the heart. It's, it's an important thing. Diligence is not the same thing. Like I said, I've got notes back and forth, little scribbles on different places, so bear with me. Like I said, faithfulness always includes diligence but it's not necessarily, the, the you, diligence does not necessarily include faithfulness. Faithfulness is a duration, or diligence is a duration. Faithfulness is of the heart. You know, the definition for faithfulness is secure, trustworthy, reliable, someone that you can count on. You know, what's the problem with, with unfaithfulness? They can't be counted on. Because if it's just diligence alone that's getting you, if your heart's not involved, when, when, when difficult times come, you're going to throw in the towel. When points of, of, of true points of, of, of major uh, in, uh, uh, inconvenience or difficulty, if, it's not, if you haven't purposed in your heart to be faithful, faithful then when those times come, you won't, you won't finish what the work says. You won't be reliable. You won't, be, uh, uh, you won't continue those things on. Timothy proved himself faithful. If we're going to have what the Lord wants us to have, we have to prove ourselves faithful. Philippians chapter 2, you can go with me. Philippians, the second chapter, we'll look at the 19th verse. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19, it says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. Notice what he said, For I have no one like-minded who will securely or sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. He said, For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Faithfulness, like I said before, is not a common thing. 
You know, one of the good things about faithfulness, you can determine to be faithful. You can determine to be a faithful person. It's not something that is reserved for a few. It's a decision that you make is I'm, I decide to be faithful. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. No matter where you're at, you can change and be faithful. Maybe you've been diligent in some things, but has your heart been engaged? Has your heart been fully engaged in what the Lord has asked you to do? And if not, make that change. Go from diligent to faithful. And I want to look at something else. Go with me to Luke chapter 16. Like I said, I talked about a lot of things a couple months ago, and there were two specific things that just stood out to me. And I hope this is all right this evening. But if it's not, we'll do it anyway, if you don't like it. Luke chapter 16, we'll look at the first verse. You know, one of the things that I believe that has set our church apart over the years, our pastors have not just been diligent people, they've been faithful people. You've got to figure over 42 years, a lot of things come, a lot of things go. <laughs> a lot of opportunities to stay the course when it's easy, a lot of good times. But there's also been a, probably a lot of difficult times. I remember growing up as a kid, 1982, was it 1982? 83, was a very difficult season. I was young, I was nine, nine years old. 83, yeah, I was nine years old. And uh, I knew it was, the times were tough. It was, it was a tough time. Most people would not have made it through those, those times because you have to have your heart in the right place if you're going to maintain through these things. But we are who we are because we have faithful leaders. We've had faithful leaders all these years. It's not common. It's not a common thing. But it's, a, it's, it's something that God values greatly. I'm so grateful for the reward God has for faithfulness. Luke chapter 16, the first verse, it says, He said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him uh, that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is, it, what is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be a steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do for my master's taking the stewardship away from me? I cannot dig, I'm ashamed to beg. I have resolved what I will or what to do. Then, he, then when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him. You, you wish this guy had used this same uh, ingenuity in his job as he did as trying to get himself out of trouble. Isn't it funny that's how people are? This is why it's good to be faithful. Because faithfulness, you won't find yourself in this position where you're scrambling, Right? So he called everyone of his master's debtors to him, and he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill, sit down, write, and quickly, and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? And so he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say, and I say to you, make friends of yourselves, the unrighteous man, and when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting home. He was faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. And he was unjust in what is least is also unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous man, who will commit, commit to you the true riches or commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? 
No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. But in this, this passage, the, 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 the scripture, or the, the passage that keeps standing out to me, is if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? If you've not been faithful in what's another man's, who will give you your own? The answer is no one will give you your own if you've not been faithful with somebody else's. Uh, I know I spent some time last time uh, talking about this and, and, and looking at some of these things. Uh, and and I'm, let me spend a few more minutes um, looking at this. Uh, let me find my, my place. Everyone wants their own. And in fact, everybody has their own. Everybody has their own. Remember, he gives each one according to their ability. So that means every person has their own. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're walking in your own yet. Just because you have your own, it takes some time to get into your own. It takes some time for those things to happen. God always or oftentimes will assign us to, to, to tend to somebody else's vision and somebody else's own, what God has entrusted them for. He'll ever give you an opportunity to develop your own. And we t- want to talk about these things because I want to encourage you to be faithful in these areas because your reward is attached to this, but also fulfillment in life is attached to this. Uh, one of the things I talked about uh, last time I was... You know, basically a lot of this, I was listening to Brother Moore. He had, was, had, been, had done a teaching on faithfulness and had just had been listening to it over and over and over and over and over again. It just really stirred my heart. And he was talking about the fact that when it comes to entrusting people with things, he said, you know, a person could have great gifts and have a lot of talents, a lot of things in their life, a lot of things, natural gifts. He said, but before you hand them a mic, hand them a broom. He said, before you give them the microphone, give them a broom. And he said, if they can't sweep the way you want them to sweep and sweep when you want them to sweep and sweep how you want them to sweep, then they won't say what you want them to say with a microphone. They, you can't trust them with one if you don't start with where you're at, right? Yeah. And uh, when it comes to being faithful, if you can't be faithful with somebody else's, God can never entrust you with your own. It's not possible. He won't do it. God respects you too much to do that, and he respects everybody else too much to do that. A lot of people don't like this. They, they want to do things their own way. They want to do things with their own, uh, their own, their own, uh, uh, they want it now. They want to do it now. And I just say these, I'm not that I'm suspecting anybody's doing this, but we need to make sure we don't fall into this trap. Look for opportunities to champion someone else's gift, someone else's calling. And the number one place that happens is right here in the church. The number one place that happens is right here, championing the vision of this church and where God has called you, making it your own and striving to fulfill those things that God has called this house to do. People can be diligent in how they do it, but not faithful in how they do it. Faithfulness. God, God understands heart. For promotion to come, he understands your heart more than, more than, more than just simply looking at your deeds. He understands your heart. I've had people, you know, say various things to me and, and their ideas of what it means to be faithful. And, and like I said, a lot of times it goes back to their, their being diligent. But, but they're really not being faithful in serving what's another man's. We've had people, I've had people tell me things like, you know, I, 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 I'm withholding 
certain things because, you know, I know you won't take my advice. And if you won't do it the way I think we should do it, I know more than you. And if you won't do it this way, then I, I won't offer it. I'll just keep that to myself. That's not being faithful. You, you understand what I'm saying? God can't honor that. God can't bless that. And he won't honor that. He won't bless that. Uh, people that have been unwilling to, to do the small things that have been asked of them because it's not visible enough. We can't, we can't afford that. We can't afford that to be, be, the, be the case. I can tell you, anyone that the Lord promotes, there has, there has gone on behind the scenes way more that you can't see than that you ever did see. They've done far more behind the scenes that no one saw than they ever did out front. Think of Pastor and Pastor Angela. You know, they've done a lot more for this church than what you've ever seen. A lot more time, a lot more energy, a lot more effort, a lot more decisions, a lot more things. And, but that started before he was ever Pastor Edwin. That started when he was reading E.W. Kenyon to the kids. <laughs> but see, even in that, his heart was right. That was a faithful heart. Maybe it d- didn't have the wisdom that was needed, but God will bring you the wisdom when your heart is right. He was diligent to do a job, but his faithfulness actually took him from where he was. That faithfulness, that heart developed him into who he is today. Faithfulness will do the same thing for you. Even when it looks like nothing is happening and nobody is noticing, God is watching. God is paying attention. He sees those things. He not only sees what you're doing, he sees the why that's going on behind it. He understands these things and he is promoting, he is honoring, he is rewarding those things. God is faithful. He's faithful. Let's be faithful as well. Praise God. Um, Let me see here. Yeah, go, go, let's, let's look at this. I'm going to look at the, the example of Joseph real quick. Turn with me to uh, Genesis 39. Genesis, the 39th chapter. A lot of different examples, you know, we could, we could look at and, and different things. And I mentioned a few of them last time when I spoke. But I want to just uh, read a few things here about, about Joseph. When it comes to being faithful, it's just some, with somebody else's. It says in Genesis 39, verse 1, it says, Now Joseph, who had taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him, to, brought him, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him, uh, taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the, the Egyptian. And the master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from, time, from, the, time that he had made, uh, from the time he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in, his, in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and, did not, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and it came to pass after these things that, the, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. 
There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. But because you are his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as he spoke to Joseph, so it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. So, you know, you read this, 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 uh, this account here of Joseph. Joseph was in a, a tough situation here. But something about Joseph, Joseph was a faithful man. And obviously he was being blessed and, and the blessing of the Lord was on Joseph so much that, it, that even in, in servitude, the master was getting blessed because of Joseph. But I, I want to look at this, the idea of faithfulness when it comes to serving someone else, when it comes to, to serving someone else. She approached Joseph, and you know, Joseph, I'm sure, he was a young man. He had interests and in different things. We won't go any further than that. But there were things that Joseph was interested in, and I'm sure he was tempted in this situation. But he said, listen, all this has been committed to me except for you. He said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? When it comes to our, our faithfulness to those that, that God places us under and calls us, to, 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 calls us alongside to help, our faithfulness really is more than just faithfulness to that person. It's a faithfulness to God. He said, he said how can I do this and sin against God? That's how God views it. He views our faithfulness not just to the person, but he takes that thing very personally as to, ourselves, as to himself. Like I said, faithfulness is of the utmost importance. Let's be faithful people and do what the Lord has called us to do. Let's be faithful to serve where he's called us to serve. Let's be faithful to, uh, 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 to not just be diligent, but to be faithful before the Lord to what somebody else is, right? Let's maintain this. Like I said, those were a couple of things that just stood out to me today and I couldn't get away from it. And I just want to, to, like I said before, the good thing about faithfulness, we can get faithful. Amen. You know, every stage in life, there is a place of faithfulness for you in that stage of life. No matter where you're at, there's a place of faithfulness where you are. Get faithful. Deal with attitudes. Deal with things that, that would distract us. Deal with inconsistencies in our own life. Just today, I was thinking about it, and I read a particular scripture, just meditating different things, and the Lord pierced my heart about something in an area. I thought, oh man, I, I, need, I need to make some adjustments there. I need to move just from being diligent to changing my heart about some things and, and become faithful in some areas. God rewards these things. They're very, 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 very important to him. Let's be faithful, amen? Well, I'm going to stop there. It's 8.05. I, I uh, said I felt like what I needed to tonight. Hallelujah. God is good, amen? At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.